Breaking the cycle to step forward. Authentic conversations from lived experience and a professional perspective in overcoming abuse with Chris Tuck and Beverly Ann. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Breaking the Cycle to Step Forward podcast. I'm Beverly Ann. And I'm Chris Tuck. And today's topic is how to check in with yourself. And we're doing this from a lived experience and a professional perspective. So Beverly, what does that actually mean? How to check in with yourself? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked that question, Chris. <laughs> and I think it's important for us to just reassure everybody that we're gonna look at this from a physical aspect, first of all. And that's because our body is very clever at, being, at keeping us safe and it works very hard and it often speaks to us physically, but sometimes we're not aware of the messages we're receiving. So especially through anxiety or being triggered, physical things will happen to us as well as changes within our, in our head and our mind. And we often call that mental illness, but actually I think it's important to bring it back to the physical aspect. Yeah, I mean, lots of people think that the mind and the body are separate and they're not, they're one. You know, the body will inform the brain and the brain in turn will inform the body. And are you talking about like um, the response to fight, flight, freeze? Yes, because when we're triggered, we initially have that message being received from our stomach so from the bottom of our stomach the vagus nerve that is the first thing that alerts us so the message then goes to our amygdala which is the neurological part of our brain and then that's when physically physically our body wants to respond it's got the adrenaline going around as we know and we want to either run away or we want to fight or we want to freeze but there's also in that, there's other things that happen. So for instance, the brain is then trying to tell us it shuts down our emotional side. It shuts down the thinking side because it wants us to respond. But in doing that, there are different things that happen such as our breath. We start to breathe from the top of our lungs and our breath becomes shallow. Our heart rate will start pumping very fast. Sometimes you can get pins and needles in your arms, like a tingling sensation, or even sort of like a, a weird wired effect. It's sort of like taking you away. Is this something that resonates with you, Chris? Yeah, definitely, because um, my body responds in that way. And it sometimes, you know, you're triggered, but you don't know you're being triggered. So you've seen, you've heard, you've felt, Something, as you said, in your stomach, like a gut reaction has, has sent signals to your body where your heart is racing, you're not quite sure where you are. So say like you wake up from a deep sleep and you're like, oh, and something is, you don't feel quite right. Your heart's pounding, yes. your head might be hurting, or you really might just feel uneasy and you want to know, you know, what's happening around you. So for me, it's that kind of, physical reaction that I have um, that is unconscious yes and exactly that it's unconscious and when we 
when it's conscious, it's when we're able to think about it, but it's the unconscious that's often, you know, it's so instinctive because it's part of our body that to be, become aware of it, what's happening is a really great step for breaking the cycle of it mm -hmm. and enabling us to change it and step forward. So, for instance, I won't watch horror films because physically it makes me want to be sick. It scares me that much. So that's my my reception, my receptors, my, you know, my trigger is it's the fear is so heightened, it makes me feel sick. I don't want that. Once I realize that there was nothing actually wrong with me, that that's what it is, I then knew, okay, I don't watch horror films. Or if I start to feel sick in a program, this is a program I can choose to either stay in the room or remove myself. Once you feel like these physical symptoms and you're not sure what's going on for you, what do people do? How do they actually check in with themselves? Well, a great way I always find is when I feel something's happening or even when I'm become so used to it, you know, first thing in the morning when I wake up, the first thing I do is just check in with myself. How, you know, like when you said, sometimes you wake up and you may be, you know, just feeling a bit out of sorts. The first thing I think is, how am I breathing? So, because sometimes if your breath can be so shallow mm. and then you realize, oh, hold on, I need to take some deep breaths. Then if it's my heart's racing, oh, my heart's racing a bit, bit fast, okay? What do I need to slow it down? And we're gonna talk about toolboxes later on and we could, talk about that all day today so what we're doing is just checking in with ourselves at the moment sometimes I may be um, in an environment and I remember being in a cinema so it's all packed and I sometimes if I've got too many people either side of me so if I'm in the middle of a row and there's two and I'm too deep and it becomes hot I can suddenly feel very uncomfortable and that's when I check in so I think to myself, oh, what's changing? I was happy a minute ago. Something's physically changing here. And then that might give me the opportunity. Now I can check in to think I'm going to go to take a break, step outside. What about yourself, Chris? Are you able to think of a time when you were unable to check in, but then when you realised you could check in with your body? Yeah, I think when you're going through something unconsciously and your body's reacting in a certain way, it's about first acknowledging that, isn't it? Yes. It's about acknowledging that. And then it's about, as you say, on your tick list, oh, I need to do a check-in with myself. What is it I'm feeling? Why is it I'm feeling like that? And then what can I do about it? And then you've taken back the control of the situation yeah, but a, but a lot of people don't realize that there is a process and they if they don't practice the process, they can't call upon it readily when they're very anxious or in a state of um, unease. You need to practice it when you're not in a state so that you can readily draw upon it. But yeah, going back to your question, um, I know we use uh, the word triggered a lot as a victim survivor of, of childhood abuse and violence. Um, 
but not everyone will resonate with that word trigger. So that's why we've said when we respond physically differently to something that's unconscious, um, not us unconscious, but the feelings are unconscious and we're not quite sure why. Um, but for me, the word is trigger. So I was triggered by a very happy event, unfortunately, because um, everybody thinks that it's sad or violence or something like that that's going to trigger you. So I was in the car driving my um, daughter to school because she'd broken her leg. So this was many years ago when she was in year seven or eight. And um, it was the last day of school. And I've driven my daughter into the school, turned around, parked up, delivered her to school. And then I'm just driving out the gates again. And all of these um, fifth formers or year 11s now were all outside the school gates, waving their scarves and you know, all painted up, all signed, all their shirts signed up, really happy, so happy. And, you know, on the way in, I was like, yeah, you go, well done, you know, end of your year, blah, blah, blah. The time I'd done the in and the out with the car, which was uh, a minute, mm. I was literally sobbing at my wheel, like, mm. and I'm like, what the is happening here? And I was so upset. I literally had to pull out, park up and just sit there. And I was sobbing and I'm like, like you, where's all this come from? You know, that was a happy event for those young people. And here I am, what, in my 40s, <laughs> sobbing my heart out in my car. And when I acknowledged what was going on and then the insight that that gave me, I was like, oh, my God, that wow. What has happened for me is that at that age, I left home whilst I was still at school um, before my 16th birthday. And I had to move out of home because of everything that was happening at home. And I didn't get that happy leaving do. Um, all of that camaraderie, all of that joy, all of that. And my body just went, it's not fair. You didn't have that. And oh my goodness, so what a happy event for someone else was complete and utter, you know, destruction for me. But once I'd realised what was going on and I acknowledged it and I just like, you know, you're not 16 anymore. You are 40 odd, um, you know, grounded myself, i.e. breathing, slow down the, the emotions and got myself back into my cognitive cognitive side of my brain and fought it all through I then had a little internal discussion dialogue with my 16 year old self and just went you know what you didn't have that but things were different and you did the best you could for you at the time and yes. and that was it really um and, and I'm I come sorry Beverly I came home and I recorded the whole event and I've actually got it on my YouTube channel because I thought I needed to share the impact of triggers even you know 25 years later absolutely and one of the things that I wanted to revisit with you is isn't it amazing how our body yeah reacts because that was a physical reaction absolutely which was and it was actually wanting you to it, it, it knew you could release it even though it sounds weird about crying, but actually thank you for crying because that's a release and we, you don't always know. So we're not expecting people to go, oh, I know what that is. But by having these steps to acknowledge it's okay to cry because then it shows you this, 
there's some grief and it's okay to yeah. have grief and let it go and but that's, that's exactly what easy. it was a bereavement a bereavement yeah. of a happy time I never got to have absolutely and, that's and we where, all have that don't we yeah and as parents that's where you know having children can trigger us without realizing yeah. it you know once yeah. we're aware of it it's different so yeah that that's a wonderful example and thank you for that Chris um because we all need to know that there's different experiences and one of the experiences I'm going to say is and most people can identify with this is when they stand up to speak. Now, it could be a really great environment. You know, it could be a wedding, it could be business, it could be anything like that. But how many people, when they stand up, feel their legs turn to jelly? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's that's a physical reaction to fear. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and also, or an upset stomach before anything, anxiety um, uh, evoking event. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, and it's really important. I just wanted to highlight those because, as you said, some people are called them triggers mm -hmm. and some people will experience these but not understand. So once you start feeling it and understand it and think, oh, this is because I've got in the fear state. So it's sending a message to my amygdala in my in my brain. Um, and also when we forget words. You and I would like to say we record this all in one. <laughs> but how many times, you know, when we first start, you know, it took us three times to get started because my brain kept shutting off. Yeah, yeah. And that's a bit of the fear response because, you know, we, we know, Beverly, don't we, that the brain just wants to keep uh, us safe. So it will just shut down everything other than the survival instinct that mm. we've already talked about where the adrenaline, the cortisol is released and, and all of that. And um, it is about regaining and turning off that fear response as quickly as we can through the grounding techniques. So that's why it's important to check in with ourselves so that we can actually learn to do that. Yes, absolutely. And one of the things I know that I heard years ago was that feeling in my stomach because, you know, gut reaction is in all of us yeah so when somebody said about the, the, the feeling of fear when I was able to check in and recognize I was scared I didn't know necessarily what of but I mm -hmm. that feeling in my stomach somebody also said well if you're feeling scared it's actually the same feeling as being excited yeah so for me, and I'm not suggesting this for everyone, as we've said before, people use different tools. When I'm feeling really scared now, before I'm about to do something, I will really consider, I'll take a deep breath, check in with myself and think, what is it that I'm scared of? And if I was to say to myself, actually, I'm excited to do this, how different does it feel? Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say is the process of checking in with yourself? I think the first thing to do, as you said before, it's a learning process. So choose three times a day where you can check in. So first thing in the morning, maybe around lunchtime, and then in the evening before going to sleep. Now, there's lots of different ways. Some people choose to have a journal to check in with themselves. 
and write it down. Some people would be just happy to sit quietly and or lay in bed or be in the bath or whatever suits somebody, but just when they're having a cup of tea, just think, okay, just want to check in with myself. How am I feeling? How are my feet? How are my legs? What's going on with my stomach? And really think of it as a physical way. So just go up the body. And again, if you feel that that's too much, just think of one or two places. How's my throat? How's my chest? And if you start doing that three times a day, it will start to become a habit. And I know we've spoken about this. Chris, yeah. When, when you say about make, forming a habit, what do you say about that? Um, that it needs to be practiced. You've got to be consistent and persistent with your actions of it, whatever it is, in order for it to become an established lifestyle change for you or a coping mechanism that is beneficial to you. That's what you've got to be doing yeah. is practice, practice, practice. And it's a minimum of a month. And yeah, I think if you're, if you're conscious of doing this, what then starts to happen is you have you do it unconsciously. Yeah, exactly. So I do it every morning without even thinking. Yeah. Check in with myself. I do it, you know, of a nighttime if I wake up, you know, I consciously think what's happened physically, because then I use deep breathing, three deep breaths. I remember when I couldn't do three deep breaths, yeah. I physically did not know how to do that. And a lot of, you know, victim survivors, Beverly, they've told us in the past um, that, you know, some people say, I'll oh, try some meditation. And they're like, you're having a laugh, aren't you? That ain't going to happen, you know. And again, when I first did, and I call this all grounding techniques now, for, for me, how do I bring myself into the here and the now where I'm safe so it for me when I when I tried meditation for the first time it was like I was lying on the floor but I was like a a log I was oh. like and they're going, close your eyes and I'm like no that's not happening where are you what are you doing who's here <laughs> that was it was completely like that and a lot of people are absolutely you know when I I was first taught meditation you know, I was being asked to close my eyes yep. in a room with another person mm. and shut myself in the dark because in, in my childlike mind, I was closing my eyes into the dark and I was being yeah. vulnerable. And yeah. I'll tell you what, that was a trigger in itself. Yeah. And so I want people to know, and we, we've had conversations about this, to be aware sometimes that what's good for you sometimes initially can trigger you yeah yeah but and if it doesn't work for you that time to try it again when you do feel more able yes so for me meditation wasn't about sitting down you know I'd hear people say they were sitting down every day for half hour and I was like you are joking <laughs> so for me it meant going for a walk and yeah. it meant going for a walk and smelling what was around seeing yeah. what was around yeah listening what was around and that way, that was my form of meditation, even mm -hmm. taking my shoes off and walking in the ground. Be it yeah, on the beach, absolutely. You know, so this is really important for people to understand. Now, if I get the opportunity to sit in a meditation class and sit quietly and be guided, I still like to be guided by someone else. 
I can't think of anything better. But that's a whole learning and yeah. journey. Whole lifetime away <laughs> from that first one. Yeah. And I wish I'd known that in my early 20s. Yeah, exactly. And that was a bit like me for, um, you know, as you said, checking in with yourself. How do your shoulders feel? How does your neck feel? How's your lower back? How's your hips? All of that, all of those tight muscles that will go tight if you're in fight, flight, freeze all of the time, if you're constantly being triggered all of the time. And as I said, most people are not aware of all of this, um, but muscles will tighten to prepare you for the the reaction the response to the to the threat whether it be a real threat or perceived threat um so my thing was always i was told go and have a massage it will help you and again i scouted around i found someone unfortunately at the time it was a bloke and i didn't know that that would trigger me but i thought mm. I, I went for, with the reputation of this person so i turned up it was like Oh, could you just, you know, remove some clothes? And my brain was already like, mm, don't know about this. But I, I, I got down into my, <laughs> they usually like you to unclothe fully on top and then cover yourself with a towel. But that wasn't happening, not in this first one. It wasn't happening. So he was a bit surprised when he took the towel down and I've still got my undergarments on. And he said um, to me, I can't really get into your, into your muscles without, you know, you disrobing and I said mm. I can't do that I'm sorry it goes fine don't worry I'll just do your arms and your legs um you know the bits that are bare he said I can you know work around that and he was working into me and he was like he said you're solid you're like a rock he said could you just relax and I went I am relaxed he said no you're not you're not relaxed mm. and he was talking to me in a nice voice he wasn't being horrible or anything and he just said just breathe and like again I'm breathing and he goes, no, you've got to do deep breathing. And I'm like, but I am. And he said, yeah, but you're not. And, he, and then he explained the chest breathing, the belly yes. breathing, diaphragmatic breathing. And I was like, oh, my God. So I'm solid as a rock and I'm not breathing properly. And I don't like anybody touching me. But I've been told massage is good for me. So I'm going with it. <laughs> so eventually, after this half an hour of what seemed like forever and, um, you know, we're not getting anywhere, he turned around and said to me, this bloke is called, oh, actually, I better not name him, but I still remember his name. Yeah. I only saw him this once. And um, he went to me, have you ever suffered abuse? And I went, pardon? Because I've never spoken about it to anyone outside of the, the family, social workers, all of that malarkey. And, he, and I went, pardon, why did you say that? And he said, because your body's holding on to so much tension. Yeah. I said, you are so hypervigilant to everything. You will not let me in. You will not let me near you. Mm. And, and, and he said, and that's absolutely fine. He said, we can work with that. And I was just like, I couldn't answer him because my throat had closed and tightened. Yes. And I literally just and shook my head like this. Yes. And he went, enough for today. But I've always remembered that person yes. and what he said to me. And then that led me to going and looking at why am I like I am? Because he'd already mentioned trauma, da, da, da. And that started my journey, to be honest, that yes. whole thing. And now, Beverly, I love massage. I have it at yes. least once a week. And I, 
I can't wait for someone to get their hands on me. It is a lady mind. I, I haven't yes. um, gone back on that, but because um, that's just who I trust and who I, I'm comfortable with. Um, but yeah, I love and live for massage now. And as, as mammals, massage is a really important part of nurture that as a baby, yeah. we, we accept naturally. But when we've not had that, and when yeah. we've learned that it comes with a different message, mm-hmm. that's the the you know the hardest thing is yeah. to break in that cycle. Yeah, to accept that. So one of uh, my key ways of doing that as a tool, and I do it myself as well. I am off. I've often got hand cream around me. Yes. So, um, and I've got little tubes everywhere because a great way for grounding for me is massage and I use the hand cream because it's you've got so many nerves in there but it's it's my way of grounding myself of nurturing myself of saying it's okay you can relax but I'm not actually alerting anyone to it and it's not necessarily that I'm anxious but it helps me just just be in the moment and be present You all right there? Yeah, my telly just decided to come on. You don't really want to listen to that and us. <laughs> so it's just turning itself off. That's so what I love gremlins. About <laughs> and we're very yeah. aware we like to keep to time. So we've got three we more minutes. That's what okay. I love about these conversations because anyone listening in, if you're identifying with any of this, good. Your work, you're normal. You're human. Yeah, absolutely. Being. Yeah. And, and that's, you, sorry. Go on, Chris. I was just going to say that's the message we want to send out is that the trauma response to any abuse that people have gone through is absolutely normal to mm. the abnormal incidences that people have gone through. So there isn't anything wrong with victim and survivors' responses, whatever they may be because they're normal for what we've gone through. Um, But acknowledging that and dealing with it, so it's not holding us back so that we can break the cycle two steps forwards is really important. Yes, yes. Because the survival instincts that we have are fantastic. Mm -hmm. But if we're living in perpetual survival mode, that means we're living in high alert yeah and another word of that um is used sometimes and i will use it is hyper arousal but when, yeah. when we say hyper arousal we're talking about hyper vigilant states so yeah we're, we've got that third ear we've got that extra eye scanning you know we're thinking about all the scenarios that could possibly happen without even thinking about it yeah 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 and it's exhausting so it is thoroughly exhausting because we as especially growing up and you know as as adults what better way what better freedom to be able to be in the moment and in and just being yeah just being and enjoying yeah Yeah. and that's what we want isn't it yeah but it takes a a huge learning and being able to check in with yourself for me has been a great tool so that brings this probably this podcast to an end in how to check in with yourself. And you've heard from Beverly and myself on 
our triggers and what we do to check in with ourselves and move forwards. And you're going to hear us talking about similar threads in every single podcast that we do, but there will be a definite topic for each one. So we'd love to hear from you. Yes, because if anyone's listening and there's a particular thread that they do want to hear about, yes, please let us know. But also we will be inviting different guests on at times to join us. So it brings another dimension to our 30 minute podcast. Yeah, and that could be another um, individual that's gone through some kind of trauma or it could be a professional that's got some more insight from their perspective to to help us understand what some of us are going through. Well, thank you very much, Chris, for another great conversation. And thank you very much, everybody else, for listening. Yeah, thank you, Beverly, And again, thank you, everyone. And we shall see you in the next podcast. Please share and please feel free to add your comments. And we would love to hear from you. So until next time, guys. Bye. Bye.